here, and I'm so glad you came this morning because there was a seat for you, and you have it. So thank you for being here this morning. We are starting a new series called Back to School. How many of you enjoyed school? How many of you are still in school? How many of you would not go back to school? How many of you hate it when I tell you to raise your hand? <laughs> so we're starting this series, and this first sermon is called Pep Rally, and uh, really every Sunday is kind of a pep rally for Jesus, and we want to be excited because he has won the victory. He's given us hope. He's given us a reason for existence, and he's given us a future. And so we want to, every week, this worship service is a place to hear from God and to sing his praises and to love him a little bit more every Sunday, every day. And so this is our pep rally. Over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about how do we engage here at Gate, and how can you be part of this unity, this oneness? How can we be uh, one team on a mission with this good news of Jesus that's, that we want to impact the world with? And so that's where we're going over the next four weeks is how can you specifically engage in what we're doing here at Gate and to be part of the mission of Christ? And so as we think about back to school, and uh, for me, that, that means a change of schedule. I think for many of us in this room, that means a change of schedule. That means you have to reorient your days. And um, I have two children that are both play sports now, and uh, that adds. So you have school and you have sports. And yesterday, both my children had their, their sporting events, soccer and football, and they happened to be almost at the same time, which is a horrible thing. And so I found myself going from my daughter's soccer game to my son's football game and having to drive on Broad Street uh, at like 2 o'clock on a Saturday. And I'm like, why are there so many people on Broad Street at 2 o'clock on a Saturday? And I'm telling you, um, my flesh came out. <laughs> and I realized I still have a sin nature. Because <laughs> I was like, what in the world? How can there be so many cars on the road? And I got to get there. I got to get there. And you begin to live into that schedule, right? You know, like I've heard so many people say, I'm always in a rush because I'm always late, right? And it's just hard because there's so much on our plates. There's so many things, and, and for school and work and our lives, it's just very busy. And so this morning, as we consider this idea of, of coming together and being unified in Christ and, and, and that pep rally idea of worshiping him, does your schedule make you, or do you make your schedule? Does your schedule make you, or do you make your schedule? How do you prioritize your schedule? Who is the priority? What is the priority when it comes to your schedule? That's what we're going to ask the Lord this morning. So let's precede his words with prayer, please. Father, we are thankful for today. You're an awesome God. Um, you have patience for me, even when I have no patience. And Lord, you are you're just, and you're loving, and you're kind, and you're, you're consistent. And so, Lord, we come here this morning to worship you, and we come here to learn from you so that your will would be done in our lives, would be done in our world, that what is happening in heaven would be happening here on earth. And Lord, we just ask you that... Um, that you would give us what we need this morning, wherever we are. A lot of us are at different places. We pray that you would speak to us directly where we are. Um, Lord, that you would uh, just show us what it is that you have for us and how we can live that out. Lord, I pray that we would see your graciousness, your forgiveness of our sins and, and your patience with us, and that we would have that same attitude towards the people in our lives, towards our schedule, towards, Lord, all the things that are happening in our lives, that we would have grace 
And Lord, I also pray that you would help us um, to direct our path every single day, that as we build our schedule and as we prioritize our schedules, that Lord, you would be at the center of that. You would help us to, to, to determine what should be on the top of the list. And Lord, I pray that we would do that in light of the fact that you're coming back and, and that, Lord, all these things are heading to you. And so we just ask that you would give us wisdom and discernment as we read these words from Romans, that it would impact us in a meaningful and powerful way, that your words would not return void, but would make major impact in our lives and how we live them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 12. Um, Verses 3 through 8 will be on the screens, or if you'd like to turn in your Bibles there. Uh, Romans was written by Paul to a church in Rome. Rome was very similar to the United States. Um, so Paul is writing to a church maybe similar to us. There was a lot of stuff going on in Rome. There was a lot of priorities. There was a lot of things that could pull your attention. And so uh, he's writing to a group of believers to the church of the first century, and he is trying to encourage them in their faith and in their lives. And so here's what he says. Uh, Romans 12, verse 4, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And so as we begin, as we begin to see what Paul is writing in this letter to the church in Rome, he's saying, look, there's going to be a lot of different types of people. Uh, we're made up of a, a different group of people. We all have different stories, and yet we are one, just like our bodies are one. We're made up of arms and legs and ears and, and, and internal organs. And even though they're separate and different and unique and have different purposes and functions, they are one. And that oneness allows the body to function properly. And the same with the church, that we are very different and unique and have different giftings, as we're going to see. But in our different giftings, the purpose of the giftings is for oneness and unity and function. And so he goes on to say in verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. This morning, do you believe you have a gift? Do you believe that God has given you a gift? What is it? What gift did, did Jesus give you? What gift did God give you? Here's another question. How do you know if someone likes a gift you give them? How do you know on Christmas, their birthday, a surprise gift, you get them a new tie, you get, them, get her a new dress, you get them something new? How do you know if that person actually likes the gift you gave them? How do you know? They use it, right? If they re-gift it, it means they didn't like it. So God has given us gifts. This is an amazing thing. This is a profound thing to think about. Recognize he is giving you a gift. The wording, the phrasing, the idea is a very amazing thing. He's given you a gift. And not just one gift to everyone. You know, have you ever been in the family where you have like four kids and they all have to get the same gift or the equivalency of how much it costs or, or there's going to be some trouble? God is giving his gifts differently for different purposes. He sees us equally, but he has a plan and a purpose for it. And so here's what he says. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. 
If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Basically, what I I see Paul saying here to the Roman church, he's saying, look, God has given you these gifts, now use them. Use your gifts. Don't wait for something to happen. Don't don't wait for your gift uh, to use itself. You have to implement it. You have to be the the one that, that consciously says, I am going to use my gift. If you love to teach, then teach. If you're generous, then give generously. Wherever the gift lies within your heart, and right now, I don't know, but there's something within you you have passion about. I've talked to so many people, and they'll share with me, I am so passionate about this. I have such a heart for this. When I do this, I never lose energy. I only gain energy. When I do this, I feel so alive. I would say that may be a qualifier for the fact that God has given you a gift to do that. And when you do it, you embrace the gift. And so this morning, Paul is writing to the Romans and he's saying, every single one of you, the Father will give a gift. And once you have learned what your gift is, then use it in the body of Christ. Use it for the purpose of sharing this good news, of being a part of this mission. This morning, we're going to focus in just on our two worship services. Right now, we have a worship service. We call it Celebration. Later, we'll have a service in the gym. We call it Nexus. We have two worship services. Do you know how many gifts have to be used for these two services to function every week? Do you know how many people have to say, yes, I will use my gift for this service to function? I went through a few. We need ushers and greeters for these services to function those who have the giftedness of of kind speech and mercy and love and grace and teaching and and showing people where to sit. (laughs) We need those gifts here at Gaten. So we need ushers and greeters, and they do an amazing job, and we are so grateful to have them, but without them, we cannot function properly. We have singers that sang so beautifully this morning. We have musicians who play with, with, with the art that they've been given, with the ability, the gift they've been given. We have an audio team that works every week. We have a video team that works every week. We have Clint who organizes and puts these things together. Without them using their gifts, we do not function in our worship services. We have a council. We have a worship council that meets and discusses what should happen in a worship service. We have a servant leadership council that meets every week to talk about the church as a whole and specifically talk about this service and say, how can we uh, be led by God in this service better every single time? How can we glorify God? We need leaders to step into those positions so this worship service can happen, so the mission of God can happen. We need tellers. After the the offering is collected, we have those who who their responsibility is to accurately and honorably record what is collected and turned in. We need those that, uh, we have a stewardship task group that then determines how to best use those funds so we have accountability and we have focus. All of these people have to say, I'm willing to use the gift that God has given me. I'm willing to use the the gift that God has given me so that I can be part of the mission of what God is doing. The The exact thing that Paul was telling the church in Romans to do. We need people to help set up. On your chair this morning was a card for Gate and Expo. Somebody had to put that there. The fairies didn't come in at night or the magic, you know, didn't magically appear. These things happen, the pens, everything that's at your chair, the the trash that gets picked up. There are people that come in and set up and take down every Sunday for this worship service to happen. That is a gift 
that God has given, that they're using and, and they're allowing God to be glorified in their lives. We have follow-up. People will turn a card in, a connection card. Maybe you're a guest this morning. There are people that are gonna follow up with that card. We're gonna be praying for that card. There are people that are investing their gifts into this service so that God can be glorified and the mission can be expanded. We have a facility task group that helps make sure the chairs are in the right spot, make sure that when you walk around that things are clean and orderly and that we have a level of excellence here at Gayton. We have a facility task group that meets to discuss these things so that we can do our very best with excellence in a worship service. This is what Paul is talking about. We have deacons that, that regularly meet and organize and talk about when we have a communion and, 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 and when we have baptisms, how to organize and, and, and facilitate every time that one of those happens in a worship service, a deacon is involved in using their gift and ability for that to happen. We have administrators, Michelle and Patricia, to our unsung heroes. They put together the organization of, of what we're going to do this morning. I'm on a list right now that i got to follow through with time-wise because we want excellence. We want to do this the right way, and they have given of their gifts to this church for us to have this worship service right now. So what is the point? The point is this. You and I are here this morning, and, and we believe that this is bigger than just us meeting in a room and singing songs that are historic. We believe these songs are genuine and real. We believe this word is genuine and authentic and real, and we want a mission together to share it, to grow it, to see it expand, to see ourselves grow and mature. And for that to happen, for us to be one body that is healthy and functioning, we all have to say, what is the gift God has given me and how will I use it? And, and this morning, I feel like there's some people that, that are doing a lot. And, and, and I'm just here to say what Clint said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because you're doing all you got. But maybe this morning there's something that's burning within you and you're saying, you know what, I do have a gift. There is something I know God is calling me to do within the life of Gaten. There's something here that I know he wants me to do. And my encouragement to you this morning is it's available. It is there. You can do it. You can invest your life. You can prioritize it and say, you know what, in my schedule, in my schedule, this will become a priority to use my gift to be part of what God's doing through his church. I want to share two examples that I think are amazing examples that scripture gives us that gives us, give us a, a person, a person that lived these truths out within scripture. Another verse in Romans 16, it says, Romans 16, 1 through 2, I command you to our sister, I commend, sorry, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church, and Censoria. Paul has invited Phoebe to this church with a purpose. He's asked her to come here. And here's what he says about her. In verse 2, I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his, of his people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. If you don't know about Phoebe, she's an amazing person within Scripture. She has a very small part within the New Testament. But what we understand is Phoebe's job was to take the letters that Paul had written and take them to the churches so the churches would have Romans, the book we just are reading from. 
Phoebe's job was to represent Paul and go to churches, groups on mission that are unified and to give the word of God to them, which is this letter. Why did Phoebe have this amazing opportunity? Because she prioritized in her life, she prioritized this mission. How do I know? Because Paul goes on to say, there are so many benefactors of this woman. There are so many benefactors of this woman because she is faithful to the gifts and calling she has on her life. Do you feel like a Phoebe this morning? Do you know a Phoebe? Is there something in you or is there someone you know that you say they use their gifts, they serve, they are faithful to this mission that God has given us? Paul entrusted his letters to her because she was trustworthy with her gift. 2 Peter 1 1 and 2, we see Simon Peter. Simon was his first name. Peter is the name Christ gave him, a servant of the apostle a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to those through the righteousness of God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. This is the final letter that, Paul, or that Peter is writing. Peter, who is the guy that denies Christ and yet turns around and is on fire for Jesus. And he is one of the reasons we're even here this morning is because Peter was on such fervent fire to share this word with the world around him. That gift that God gave him of evangelism, that gift and passion of teaching, he, he took that gift and he cultivated it and he gave all of his priority to it. And he said, my schedule is the schedule that God has for me and it is to be an evangelist. And because he prioritized it and because he put it as his main point in his schedule, we are here this morning. The fruit of his labor, the fruit of him using the gift that God gave him is revealed in us being here. And what does he say as he concludes in verse 2? Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace. That's what's at stake. That's what's at stake this morning. Grace and peace. Many of you know I've had a bit of a challenging year this year. I can tell you, if I didn't understand grace and peace, this year would have been unlivable. In your life, I know many of you have gone through very difficult things, but isn't it true that when you recognize grace and peace, it brings hope, it brings healing, What is at stake from us investing our gifts? What is at stake? It's someone we do not know right now. It is a marriage, it is a child, it is a person that is sitting in their home right now. That is what is at stake, that they would know peace and they would know grace. That's what's at stake for us as a church to prioritize our gifts, so we can be unified in sharing grace and peace with Jesus, knowing his grace, knowing his peace. What would it look like? 
What would it look like if every one of us in this room said, I am prioritizing the gift God has given me above all else, and it will determine my schedule? My challenge for myself and my challenge for us is let's schedule to use our gifts to worship God. Let's schedule it. You have a phone with your, your schedule on it. You make your schedule. Maybe sometime today, look at your schedule and say, am I using my gifts? Am I using the gift God has given me? Does my schedule reflect that? Right? Is it tough? I know. I'm, I feel it too. But it's worthwhile because of what's at stake. It's worth it. It's worth it. This morning, we want to give you every single opportunity we possibly can to give you an opportunity to use your gift. And so we're going to watch a video. We've shown this before. This is our expo video. In your seat, you have a card. It says expo card. We don't want to talk this this morning. We want to live this. We want to be on mission for the Lord in this. And so as you watch the video, we're going to give you a brief explanation of what these things are. At the end of the service, as you leave this morning, we will have ushers at the doors with baskets that will collect these cards. If something burns within you as you hear this opportunity, as you hear this place to be a part of Gaten, please mark it down. Put it in the basket so we can follow up with you because what is at stake is so important. We need everyone. We need everyone to engage and to participate and to be on mission together.